0: Hello and thank you for logging on to the Memory Gage, your new favourite Digimon card game podcast. I'm your host Connor and today we are taking a look at the game of chess. And we are working out whether there are any lessons from the game of chess that can be applied to Digimon. This is an episode I've been kind of working on for a while. I'm pretty excited about it and I hope you enjoy listening to it. But first, we have an announcement. This month, the month of January... We are running another January series. If you were around on the Memory Gauge Discord server last year, you probably remember that we ran a series of free webcam tournaments called the January series. We tried out a lot of different formats, a lot of different ways to play the Digimon card game. It was a lot of fun. And people also picked up some cool prizes. Well, this year we're doing it again. This time around, the January series is all themed It is called Journey Beyond Time, and we will be going through past formats. We're starting off this week, Friday, the 6th of January, starting at 6.30pm Eastern Standard Time over on the Discord server. We'll be having a special booster version 1.5 format event. If you remember back in that format, it was a really good time. It was the first new set. There were some really cool decks being played, a lot of interesting strategies game was maybe a little bit slower but it was a lot of fun so I'm personally very excited to revisit that format and we will be revisiting new formats through the month of January culminating at the end with an EX3 format tournament Tournament to catch up to the present. I can also announce that next week we will be playing a Great Legend BT4 format tournament. So get your decks sorted for that if you're excited to participate in that. These events are free to participate in. Just by entering, you go into the draw to win one of our awesome Curse of Gallant 1 playmats designed by the fantastic artist Jack Clark. And if you win any of the weekly events, you also go into a special winner's draw where you will get another much better chance to win one of those playmats. So it's free. By winning, you get a really good chance to win a playmat, and just by participating in each event, you will get a chance to win a playmat. And the more events you participate in, the more chances you have to win that draw. So there's no reason not to participate. So make sure you join up to the Discord server. Link to the event and to the server will be in the show notes of this episode. Remember, special booster version 1.5, January 6, 6:30 PM EST, and then Great Legend BT4. January 13th, 6.30pm EST. I hope to see you all there. Finally, before we begin our main topic, we have to take a long overdue look at the state of the meta. So, recently in the EX-03 Format that we are in Draconic Raw, there has been a very broad spectrum of winning deck lists that I've been able to find. I think this speaks to a few different things. Firstly, it speaks to the lack of major events over this period. There haven't been any regionals, any nationals, any big events. It's all been kind of smaller, more localized events. So we're getting a broader spectrum of decks because people feel a bit more free to play around. I also think that because we're coming up on BT11 and because There was the suspicion and now the recent announcement that BT11 was going to be the format for Nationals. People are feeling more experimental with EXO3. It doesn't matter so much what you do with your EXO3 decks. You don't need to crack that format because we're not going to be playing at it in the next big event. At Nationals. So people are kind of messing around with decks a little bit more. What we are seeing winning currently in EX03 are lots of different red base decks. Not just one red based deck but a lot of different red based decks. I'm not really sure why but I have a couple of suspicions. Firstly people are boning up on their red deck tech ahead of Blackwall Greymon X which is likely to be one of the big decks of the next format. Also a lot of the decks that are very popular at the moment just happen to be red base. People are trying to make um, Crossheart work again. And that has a lot of red. When it appears on lists, it's listed as a red base. People are trying to make Blackwall Greymon work. They're getting that practice in ahead of Blackwall Greymon X. So that's a red base deck a lot of the time showing up as red. And people are making Jessmon work, another very popular deck, another red base deck. So that's what's currently leading... My predictions for the future, I think we're con- going to continue to see a lot of variety as we move through the EXO3 format. It's a longer format. We get a lot more time to play around, which tends to lend itself to seeing a more bigger variety of decks of topping at tournaments. As people tire of playing the same old decks, they want to do something different, especially because, as I said, Nationals is not going to be EXO3 format as far as we can tell. It's going to be BT11, so people are not as invested in breaking the... EXO3 format, the competitive minded people are now looking ahead to BT11, leaving those people who want to mess around and play something different to continue playing EXO3. And now for our main topic. So, over the latter half of last year and continuing into 2023 I have been playing a lot of chess for whatever reason I'm not really sure I just got it into my head that I wanted to learn how to play chess not how to move the pieces necessarily I knew how to move the pieces in chess although I had to learn things like castling and en passant but I wanted to learn about the theory of chess. I knew how to move all the pieces but I didn't know how to then turn that knowledge into actual game winning strategy. I knew there was a lot more depth to it than I was seeing and I kind of wanted to get into it. So I've been doing online chess lessons, working my way through all the lessons on chess.com. I've been playing a lot of games of chess and what I've found is that chess obviously a very very old game, a very studied game and it means that a lot of the things we know about chess is generalized game theory that can be applied to other games. I feel like learning how to play chess has helped me with playing other games. I've noticed that when I play other, I play a lot of board games with my wife and her family, I've noticed that I tend to do a little bit better than I used to. She still beats me all the time, but it's harder for her now. I'm pl- able to play a little bit better because I'm applying the lessons that I've learned teaching myself chess or learning chess through these online lessons, applying them to different games because... A lot of these games have crossover and I think there's a lot of crossover with Digimon as well. So today I would like to go through a few lessons I think apply not only to chess but cross apply to Digimon as well. Now I would like to say I am far from an expert at Digimon and I am far, 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 far from an expert on chess. So. Take all of this with a grain of salt, and if it seems a little bit obvious to you, that's okay. Not all of this is going to be kind of groundbreaking. A lot of this, really, the stuff that applies to both chess and Digimon, because they're very different games, a lot of that is kind of foundational game theory stuff, as opposed to anything maybe world-breaking. But I think it's important to keep our minds open to different experiences and different sources of help and aid and information information. For bettering ourselves as Digimon players. If you want to really get better at something you need to not only be open to learning a lot about that, but you need to be open to applying your knowledge from other fields to the thing you're trying to better yourself at because rarely does any one pursuit stand alone is what I've found personally especially when it comes to games. So the first lesson that I've learned while teaching or learning chess that I believe applies to Digimon is learning principles not specific openings so in the game of chess it's been very studied it's a very very old game and people have absolutely studied it to death there are only so many ways that the pieces can move and so although there are still so many possible game states that you can get into over the course of a game there's not that many openings the number of ways that you can start a game are a little bit more limited and a little bit more known, especially because there's only a certain number of quote-unquote best moves or good moves to start a game off with. That is, there are things that are good to start a game off with, and there are things that are not so good to start a game off with. So, a lot of chess openings, a lot of configurations of the pieces at the start of the game are known, named, categorized, and the really, really top players will know all of these. They will see the first few moves of a game being played and they'll be able to identify specifically what opening that is and then start to bring in some strategies to play against it. Now, obviously, that doesn't really apply to Digimon. One of the many differences between a trading card game and chess is that in chess, you know all your pieces, or you know all your opponent's pieces, you have the same pieces, they can do the same things, so there's a lot more information that is known. Digimon is very unknown. All your pieces can only do a couple of things, but you don't necessarily know, because your opponent has constructed their deck, what pieces they are going to have. You don't know necessarily what their pieces can do. And you especially don't know what pieces they have access to at any given time, because you don't know what's in their hand. So, very, very different. But, learning principles, not specific openings, does apply. I'm a novice chess player. I'm not going to sit and memorise a whole bunch of different openings and what the best moves are to counter them. I don't have that time. I don't have that mental energy. I don't have that desire. That doesn't sound fun to me. That doesn't sound enjoyable. And the chess lessons understood that. They understood that a novice player is not going to be able to memorize a whole bunch of openings. That's a very advanced thing to do. So when you're learning to play chess, what they teach you is to learn the principles behind the openings don't worry about the specific openings learn the principles what are you trying to do when you play these moves so you don't have to know that this is a i'm gonna make one up because i don't even know any a london opening a french opening whatever a ross du opening you don't need to know that that's what it is you just need to know what is the idea that my opponent is putting out there What do I need to do to stop it? Or, what is my idea that I am putting forward? What am I trying to accomplish here? And then move your pieces to try and accomplish that idea rather than trying to achieve a set opening. And I think that applies to Digimon as well. Because, as I said, you don't know what your opponent has. You don't know what they're drawing. You don't necessarily, until you learn what all the decks in the format do, you don't necessarily even know what their game plan is going to be. So... You can try and memorize every single card. You can try and memorize every single deck, every single variation, every single strategy, but that's going to take a lot of time. So instead, what you do is you learn principles. You can teach yourself about deck archetypes. We have an episode for that, in fact. You can start to learn the broad strokes of what decks might try to do. You can learn about what the different colors try to do. You can learn the foundation of what you want to do in the game, and then you can... Begin to use your cards, play your cards to try and achieve certain things based on those principles, rather than saying, okay, they have just played Gilmon EX3. I definitely need to remove that straight away because I know for a fact that you don't need to know specifically the card. You just need to know that card is trying to do X, so it's generally a good idea to remove it, or that card is doing why I don't need to necessarily remove that because it's not a problem for what my deck is trying to do. You don't need to learn the ins and outs of every single card and every single deck to be able to be a good Digimon player who is able to adapt to situations. It's better to learn principles rather than worrying too much about trying to memorize every single card. Which plays in a little bit to the next lesson from chess that I think carries over to Digimon, which is when to capture pieces. Once you learn the foundational stuff in chess, one of the other foundations that they teach you is when to capture pieces. Obviously, you want to remove your opponent's pieces from the board. That's the whole point of the game. You want to remove their resources and then eventually set up a situation where you have more resources than them or you are better positioned than them and you can overpower them. But it's important to know when to do that. Sometimes taking an opponent's piece opens you up for your piece to be taken. And your piece might be worth more than whatever you got from your opponent. You might take a pawn, which is a very common piece, not very useful, and they might get one of your bishops, knights, rooks, your queen back. That's not a good trade. That was not a good time to go and capture that piece. So you need to learn when to capture pieces. And the same thing applies to Digimon. Knowing when to use your removal, knowing when to press your attack, knowing when to take a piece off the board, to take a card off the board is important. What can you ignore? What do you need to remove on site? Your opponent's on-play, off-colour level 3 that they can't digivolve from, probably not that important to remove it. They might chip it into your security. It's probably going to die in security because it's only got 1,000, 2,000 power. Doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Their level 3 that has an ongoing effect that is stopping you from gaining memory, when the whole point of your deck is to be really memory efficient and gain a lot of memory, that probably needs to go. They're small level four that doesn't look threatening, but you know that it has an inheritable that they really want under the level six. Maybe it's worth taking it out if it doesn't cost you too much memory. That's probably a good one to get rid of because it will set them back. You need to think about when you're capturing pieces and why you're capturing the pieces rather than just saying, they have a Digimon, I have a way to remove it. Bam, gone. Because ultimately... What you're doing there is a battle of resources, and if you're spending a resource that is worth more than the resource you're getting from your opponent, you are not going to be winning that exchange. Exact same principle from chess. You need to know when you're going to come out ahead in an exchange before you enter into it. Same thing. Know know how to figure out whether you're going to come out ahead in an exchange before you decide to enter into the exchange. And then finally, and this is the, this is the th- sort of lesson that has really stuck with me and was kind of the inspiration for this whole episode. In chess, uh, obviously, if you've ever played chess before, you know you play the game on the board and you move pieces around it. So what ends up happening is there are different kinds of advantage. You can remove your opponent's pieces and you can end up with more pieces or better pieces. And you can have a resource advantage. Same thing in Digimon. You can have more cards on the board than your opponent. More cards in hand than your opponent. More cards in your security than your opponent. Those are really obvious resource advantages. You have more resources than your opponent. But... Who's ahead in chess is not necessarily that clear cut because you can also have a positional advantage. Your opponent might have better pieces, but if their pieces are all locked in and they can't really move or do anything or contribute to the game, and you have fewer pieces, but your pieces are spread out and they're controlling key squares of the board and they're pointed at your opponent's king, you're ahead in that game. You have less resources, but you are still ahead in that game. You are ahead positionally. Same thing with Digimon. You can be behind in resources. You can have one card in hand, one card in security, one Digimon on the field. Your opponent can have a bunch of Digimon. But if your Digimon can do three security checks and attack twice in a turn, and your opponent has three security cards and no blockers, and they don't have a way to beat you on their next turn, you very likely have an advantage there. You have a positional advantage. You don't need to press the resource advantage because you have a positional advantage there. You are in a better position. Same thing. Your opponent might have their big scary boss monster level 6 out on the field. You might have a bunch of level 3s, but if you have enough level 3s that you can just kamikaze them into your opponent's security and win the game on your next turn and your turn's coming up and your opponent doesn't have a way to deal with that, they don't have a blocker or anything, you're behind in resources. Your pieces are worth less than your opponent's piece but you are still winning that game. You're in the advantage because you have the positional advantage. So as you're playing your games, know whether you are looking for the resource advantage. Are you trying to out-resource your opponent? Or is it better for you in this matchup to go for the positional advantage? Do you just need to solidify your position so that you're better placed to win the game? Obviously not a one-for-one from Chester, to Digimon, due to the totally different rules. But the principle, I think, applies and is really interesting to think about as you play the game. So there you have it. Not a long episode, not really even a complicated episode, but something I've really been mulling over and wanted to share with you because I think it's such an interesting way to think about the games that we play, to look at ideas from different games and see how they can apply to this game that we love this game of Digimon. I think this might be something that I want to pursue in future as well. Let me know if you are interested in hearing more ideas from other games that can be and how they apply to Digimon because I play a lot of different games and it's something I think about a lot. If you want to hear more about it, please do let me know. If this was interesting to you, please do let me know because it I don't want to Keep producing this kind of episode if you're not going to enjoy it. That would just be very selfish of me. I would want to do content that you guys are going to enjoy, so let me know. Which I guess is a way of saying that you have heard enough from me, and now I would like to hear from you. Our listener question of the week. Would you like to hear more about... The ways that different games can apply to Digimon. Is that a kind of episode you would like to hear more about? And what do you think about these chess concepts as applied to Digimon? If you have an answer to our listener question, or if you have any questions, feedback, comments, or concerns, you can email me memorygagepodcast at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook group, Memory Gauge Podcast. You can tweet at me at Connor EFMG, or you can join our Discord server. I am always happy to hear from you listeners. Make sure that you are following us on your podcast service of choice so that you can stay up to date when a new episode is released and make sure that you rate and review the show if that is something that your podcast service of choice allows you to do because it is so very helpful. It helps people find the show. who might want to listen to it, it helps us grow as a show. Please do consider doing that don't forget to sign up for the january series number one is coming friday the 6th of january 6 30 p.m est it's special boost division 1.5 and next week january 13th 6 30 p.m est is our great legend bt4 tournament we've got some really cool formats coming up it's going to be exciting make sure you're signed up for that as well if you want to participate thank you so much for listening this is the memory gauge logging out